A note for listeners, this episode contains discussions about unplanned pregnancies and abortions. Before we start, I'd like to acknowledge the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, the traditional owners of the land that we make this podcast. And I extend that respect to any Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people that are listening to this episode. Yama. Hello, I'm Raddy Walden, podcaster, writer, TV host. And you might have heard me talk about sex before, but this is Talking Frank. This podcast will cover every nook and cranny of Australia's sex lives, from the head spins of modern dating to unexpected fluids to STI checks. We're going to get frank about it. For this episode, I wanted to talk about when contraception fails, and we'll even hear someone's personal abortion story. Around half of all pregnancies in Australia are unplanned, and it's estimated that at least one in four Australian women and people with uteruses will experience an abortion in their lifetime. Come on, let's be frank about it. I'm here today with Maria Thetil. Maria won Miss Universe Australia in 2020, but she's also a columnist, an activist and a model. She recently shared her story of when she decided to have an abortion. Now, Maria, we had this DM sent in by a young woman called Talissa. Um, We do this all the time on the podcast. And do you mind having a listen and sharing a bit of your expertise or advice? I love that. I love it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Here we go. When I was 23, it was my graduation day at uni and I had finally finished my degree. I just moved back home with my parents because I was so broke. Um, I had an overseas trip booked with my best mates. I just started dating a guy who turned out to be the love of my life. And I had the world at my feet. I'd just been offered my dream job as well. So everything was kind of pretty incredible. Um, But I didn't realise at the time I was four weeks pregnant. So I took a test. I went to a McDonald's bathroom and I took one test and then I took another test. And then five tests later, I realized that, yep, I was pregnant and I didn't want to be. And so I was in a bit of disbelief because the guy had said he'd pulled out. Okay. For me, (laughs) I just need to stay there. (laughs) Hang on. That's, I mean, but the thing is, that's not a really an effective method of. It's not. Contraception. I feel like it must've been like an urban legend or like in a TV yeah. episode that like now everyone thinks that that's like. Well, they refer to it as a pull-out method, but it's not really a method, is it? It's a bit of the pull-out gamble, I'd say. <laughs> I think that's a really good way of summing it up. <laughs> like I just snorted, but like, <laughs> I, but but hang on, we've all been there. When you're young, you don't know any better. If you maybe didn't have access to that kind of education, you, you might have, you'd be forgiven for thinking that might be it. Mm. And I think that there's this like, or maybe when you're you're right, when you're first starting out, you maybe don't think that like there's going to be ejaculate before no. that moment where it's like it, you could have, yeah. you know, sperm. It's pregnum. Yeah. It's pregnum. It, it, it's it's still, you know, you can still get pregnant mm. for love. So she thought he pulled out. Well, I think that was the, yeah, she was like he pulled out, we'll be fine. But then yeah. uh, she's ended up with a pregnancy. Um, I'll keep going. Yeah. And I also took the morning after pill and obviously neither of those things oh. have worked. So I was pregnant. Is, is that common that the morning, oh, my God, iconic that you're drinking at McDonald's? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so jealous. I am who I am. Like, <laughs> She's not hiding it. We know it's no secret I do love McDonald's. But with the morning after pill. Is that common that is, it doesn't work? Well, I mean, it's not a, it, it, but it's not a 100% effectiveness rate. And depending on when you take it after, you know, you've had sex, and it gets less effective every single day. Right. However, I had been in a situation, it was actually, um, it was a few months ago, actually, that I'd slept with somebody 
and used contraception, but I was still a little bit unsure. Mm. And it, I was mulling it over, mulling it over, and it got to like three days after. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to have to take it because I, I want to make sure. So it depends when she took it. Because right. the morning after pill isn't just the morning after. Oh, it's yeah, the, the days after. It could be the, th- the three-day after pill <laughs> at, in times. I mean, maybe we'll hear, hear what happened. Let's. Yeah. I knew I didn't want to be a mum. I didn't want to raise a child. I'd never thought about having kids before. And I knew that I had certain steps that I was able to take. So I called my best mate and I told my mum later that day. We oh. sobbed for a really long time. She was just disappointed for me, I think, that I was in that situation to start with, basically. And I Googled abortion clinics and I found one in Wollongong and I called them. And they said that because it's a regional area, they only do abortions every two weeks and I just missed that appointment. So I was going to have to wait another two weeks until I could terminate my pregnancy. So I went to my dream job and I told my boss I'd needed a medical procedure and instead of just leaving it at that, I burst into tears and told her that I was planning to have an abortion. And she said to me that her best friend had gone through a similar thing. It was weirdly comforting um, to know that I wasn't Mm. alone. And I think that's the strangest thing about talking about an abortion is that every single time I bring it up or post about it or whatever, all these women come out of the woodwork and tell me that they had an abortion or their best friend had an abortion or they supported a a family member through an abortion and usually they don't tell anyone. Uh, My family were really supportive. Like I said, my boss was super supportive. My friends were incredible and I feel very lucky for that. So abortion at the time wasn't decriminalised in New South Wales, meaning when I went to have my procedure, I had to fill out lots of forms and basically jump through hoops. Obviously, it's changed now and abortion in all states in Australia is decriminalised. But, you know, only two years ago in New South Wales, it was technically still in the criminal code, although, you know, under certain circumstances, you still could get one. And, and, and I think it also sets this dangerous precedent that abortion is justified only under certain conditions. Mm-hmm. It's health care. Yeah. Like there's, a, there's, there's a myriad of reasons that people need to access an abortion. Also, I don't want to be pregnant is a very, you That's know, very legitimate one. Reason. Yeah. You might be capable of being a fit parent, but that not be might not be the path you want to choose for yourself. And that's reason enough. Mm-hmm. Again, I think it, 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 the thing that underpins this is again, it's letting your personhood, the personhood of the person who is pregnant, it hangs in the balance because it's like, it's actually not about that. Mm. Prove to me that you can't be a fit parent. Then it's okay. That's what it is. Yeah which felt really crap at the time, that it wasn't enough that I didn't want a baby or to be a mum, that I had to somehow prove it on paper. But anyway, I was able to get a safe abortion. I feel really grateful for that. And I got to make that decision for my own body, for my own life. I got to visit a a safe, sterile, proper medical environment to have my abortion. And when I heard about Roe v. Wade and started realising how many parts of the world women don't have access or people who can be pregnant don't have access to safe abortions, my heart just broke because being pregnant when you don't want to be is torture. And every day since I've been really grateful for my abortion, it was the best decision for me and never once, not once, not in one moment have I regretted it. I really haven't. 
I suppose the one thing that I keep coming back to is that we aren't alone and that there are a community of people who have been through something similar and that's what I hope the women and people of America feel as well. Yeah. Thanks. Are you okay? Yeah, wow. No, I felt it. Mm. I felt what she said, being pregnant when you don't want to be is torture. Mm. I remember how I felt at 21 like it was yesterday and I I didn't, I didn't necessarily feel as supported through it. Mm. So I, I know what she I know what she's feeling. Mm. Do you mind telling us about your story? Yeah, of course. Um, so at the time, I was 21 and I had finished my first degree. It was psychology. But with psychology, you kind of have to do the fourth year and the master's and, and, and all of that to be able to get a job in psychology, right? Mm. So that's what I wanted to do at the time, I thought. And I was working in retail, so I was living at home with my parents. I couldn't afford to move out at the time. And I had only just started seeing somebody, you know, you know, for the two months prior, mm. right? And we were sleeping together. The condom failed. And I remember I remember just in my gut feeling something was off. Mm. And then I missed my period. And I had all kinds of crazy symptoms. Like I was exceptionally moody. Like really, I would cry over anything. My boobs had swollen. <laughs> they were so painful. And I'm like, something is Something's up. off. Yeah. And I took the test and I, I literally remember being in the bedroom of my parents' old home. My hands were shaking and I was looking at it and I knew, I knew, I didn't even need to do a second test. I knew it was correct. And I called my best friend and I, my voice was shaking and I told her I was pregnant. And at the time I, I didn't feel comfortable to tell the person I had fallen pregnant to because it was so early days and I'm like, let me just figure this out a little bit and then I will talk to them. Mm. I, I did end up telling them. But initially I just told my best friend and the person I was involved with, we weren't really there. Like it was very early days. And so they didn't accompany me to the termination. I remember um, one of my friends ended up taking me. I couldn't tell my folks because they are very conservative um, Indian immigrants in this country and very religious as well. So I knew we had differing views on abortion and I just didn't feel like I could tell them at the time. They know now, but I didn't tell them. And I remember going with my best friend for the day and they, when we arrived at the clinic, there were anti-abortion protesters at the front. It was immensely disturbing some of the imagery that they're holding up and the things they're shouting mm. at people who are pregnant who are just trying to get in do this thing and leave um it was very jarring but what was also jarring was I remember a conversation I had with a friend so I'd only told about two friends and the night before the abortion like I knew it was what I needed to do yeah one I had no money I was in this new situation with somebody I didn't want to be a mum, and I couldn't and I can tell you now with certainty that if I had, my life would be very different. But I knew it wasn't what I wanted to do. Yeah. And I remember the night before a friend tried to talk me out of it. And really? I remember they had said, look, I just thought I want to make sure you've considered all your options because, you know, my mum almost had an abortion and she walked out of the clinic on the day and now we've got, you know, my sibling. And, and I was like, 
I appreciate what you're trying to do, but that does not help me right now. No. I've made a decision. I just need to know that you're going to support me through it. Yeah. Are they from a similar background to you? Um, no. Right. Um, but, you know, it was just not what I needed to hear the night before. Yeah. Because um, you're already, I was so young and feeling so much guilt and so much shame. And then you turn up on the day and there are people shouting at you when you're about to walk in. And I remember coming out of the procedure, um, that friend took me home and I never spoke about it after that. Wow. I didn't even really speak about it with the person that I'd fallen pregnant to. I didn't speak about it much with friends. I didn't have anyone to talk about it with yeah. because at the time it was a shameful thing and I remember I had to take work off and I told one of the women like look in confidence this is what's happening mm. and then I remember feeling so much shame and regret and I was worried okay are they going to tell anybody what are they going to think if they know I've had an abortion like there was so much shame around it and I think the reason when that beautiful woman was tearing up and speaking and that it made me tear up is because she was talking about the solidarity between people who do fall pregnant and when they share their stories with an abortion, just how comforting it is. And I think it just hit me because I didn't have that. Yeah. Like I really didn't have that. And that's why I've been so open about my story and it wasn't necessarily well received by my folks. Mm. I'll be honest, they were really shocked that I chose to share it and they, they asked me, why did you have to tell people about yours? And I'm like, you don't understand that. That's actually the most important thing I could have said, mm -hmm. not lecturing people about it, but telling them that me too. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a solidarity that comes with that. And it's letting people know you don't need to be ashamed for accessing healthcare. Exactly. And I feel like the conversation about abortions has really only just come into play like very recently. Like, you know, it's, it's been such a stigma topic for so long. Yeah. So much shame, so much shame. And I think I'm very conscious and I've, I've always been this way since winning Miss Universe Australia. I know oh, that. Subtle, subtle plug. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, you know, before that I was just doing content on socials. Mm. So I had a very small following and then you win that, you know, and there are some archaic rules around that particular pageant too. Mm. And I don't necessarily agree with it just because I chose to use that as a vehicle to amplify my own message and help my own career. It doesn't mean I agree with everything. And mm. there are things about it that I would love to help change too. But you just do not hear about participants in this particular format speaking about something like an abortion. I cannot tell you. There is not a single, maybe I'm wrong, but I just, I've never heard of a Miss Universe finalist speaking openly about an abortion. Yeah. And I'm sure that it's like, you know, the stat that I know about abortion is that it's one in four Australian people with a uterus. I'm, I'm not the only one. Yeah, no, exactly. No. The, you know, the, the people you're standing amongst probably had faced a similar discussion or a similar a story to yours. Um, yeah. Did you seek any advice or support apart from your friends before going down that decision? Like, did you did you ever think about parenting it or putting it up for adoption or, you know, like what, what were the things that played into your decision? I, I knew immediately, no. Like yeah. I just knew I, I have to do this. I never considered parenting. I never considered going through the the whole experience of pregnancy and then giving this child up for adoption. I didn't I just didn't want to put myself through that. Yeah. And that's enough. Like that's okay. I remember I've spoken about it on socials and I've seen comments where people have said, You're so selfish, you know, for choosing to end your baby's life. Um, when you could have gone through the pregnancy and, and given it to somebody else who can't have children. I'm like, it's, I, I find it's Actually, it you're so, missing the point. <laughs> you're missing the point. Well, one, it's, it's, we're talking about selfishness, but 
there is this ease at which people just completely invalidate the person who's pregnant, their yeah. personhood, yeah. and it's like you don't exist. Yeah, and no one and would ever question. Rights don't exist. No one would ever question it. Uh, well, and, no one would that- ever question any other medical procedure either. It's like it's this weird, like religious. Uh, yeah. human rights thing that comes into play, but it's like at, at, at that stage, it's the person who's pregnant's decision. Well, that's right. And I think it's really odd that people talk about it like you've just got to pop down to the shops and pick up some milk or something. Like, do you understand what it does to somebody's body, your psyche, your entire life to go through a pregnancy? Mm. And I just didn't want to do that. So I knew I didn't want to do that. I knew I wanted to go through with the termination. I literally Googled clinics. I didn't know who to speak to. Mm-hmm. I didn't speak to anybody about it. Were you in Melbourne at the time? Yeah, I was in Melbourne at the time. And do you, was it easily accessible? Like what's the... Um, the, the, It was easily accessible. I found one. I remember being able to book. They did scans. They showed me what, you know, the fetus looked like. Wow. They told me you're five to six weeks along at the time that I did have the termination. Um, I got in as quick as I could. It was at the start of the year. And, yeah, I just... I was able to get in and do it. That's a pretty rough thing to go through. Like, you know, you're already one having to like come to terms with being pregnant to maybe someone that you don't want to be pregnant to, to then to make that decision. But then it sounds like a bit of a a, a process to, to go through. It is, a, it is a process to go through. And mm. I didn't know anyone that had had an abortion. Mm. There was no public figures. You know, it wasn't like now where with social media there are so many people who are taking that responsibility to speak openly about their experiences and share it where you go, okay, like I want to be that for somebody where someone can go, I'm going through this shit, but I've seen Marie talk about that. that. And I know I can get through it, yeah. Yeah, and, and yeah. they they live through it. So I didn't really have that and I kind of just had to Google. And at the time Google just gives you a whole mixed bag of things, doesn't it? it mm. Some of it is pro-life, some of it is, you know, supporting abortion is healthcare and it's all very confusing and as a 21 year old it didn't really feel like they could talk to their family their friends the person they were pregnant to it was a very isolating experience yeah and I remember feeling a little bit shamed the night before when I had that conversation where I was like oh my gosh am I I meant to want to keep this just because somebody else walked out of their abortion and decided to have it and it's like no I just would have really appreciated resources that said your life matters, and if you choose that that's not what you want, that's okay. Um, so Google wasn't that much of a help for you, but when you went into the clinic, did you find comfort there, or was it? It was. It was. A, it was. A, it was a strange experience. I remember the clinic very well. I remember sitting in an office and consulting right before I went in for the procedure, where they showed scans and things. And I remember seeing couples in there, mm. and I felt even more ashamed because I had my friend with me and I wasn't in a position with the person that I was pregnant to. I wasn't really in a, in a place with them where I felt like they could accompany me to that. And I imagine a lot of people would feel that way, like whether it's happened after a one-night stand or, yeah. or even worse, if it's a result of trauma. You know, it wasn't anything like that, but I just didn't have someone in my life like that. Yeah. Looking back on it though, do you think that the friend was probably the best decision? Yes, I, I still do um, because I didn't have anyone else. Yeah. There was no one else. So that friend, um, yeah, that was a good decision, but it was quite clinical. Like the whole experience was quite clinical, sitting in the waiting room, talking to the doctors. They showed me just how small um, the, the cells were really like, and, and I sort of thought, okay, I'm just going to look at this now. 
I looked at the image and I'm like, I've made the, I've made my decision. Let's just do this. Yeah. What were the discussions like? Did they talk you through other testing while you were there? Was it a, a comforting consultation or was there, were there things in there that you were like, oh, this is, did, did, did it go beyond the abortion? No, it didn't. It didn't. I think they really respected my decision. Yeah. And from memory, because it is very vague, from memory, they talked me through where I was at. They talked me through what was about to happen and how the procedure would go. Mm-hmm. And then there was no judgment. I didn't feel any like tugging at the heartstrings or regret or anything like that. I was nervous and I was scared, yeah. but I knew I was about to do the right thing. And I felt relieved when it was over. Mm. I remember going home and I was feeling a little bit, you know, dopey after being, you know, put under, but I felt relieved. I'm like, oh my God, thank God I was able to do that. Because yeah. I don't know what my life would have been if I couldn't access that. It felt like I got my life back. That's how it felt, like I got my life back. And, and what happened after? What were the days like afterwards? I remember I had trouble holding my bladder actually for a little while. Like I think it was a bit of a, it was it was an invasive procedure. Um, I am quite petite and I just feel like it might have been a little bit rough. However, for the most part, I was really good. But the thing is it was like it never happened. And wow. that's really bizarre to me it really was like it never happened mm. I continued to see that person um we never spoke about it you never spoke about it no never really spoke wow. about it did you guys talk about other forms of contraception after that yeah absolutely I yeah. went on the pill yeah. after that and you know it was like right never want to make this happen again yeah, yeah, yeah um I just never spoke about it with anyone and you know thinking of things like aftercare and, and having access to any kind of counseling or therapy should you require depending on your circumstances just being able to talk to your mates or see people that you look up to speaking about it, I didn't have that. Yeah. So it really was repressed. And then with all of the Roe v. Wade stuff happening, mm. it just brings it up to the surface. And for me it was really cathartic to be like I went through this and it's almost like if I could go back and hug my 21-year-old self, mm. this is what I would have liked to have given her. I would have liked to have given her the information the message that it's okay, an example of someone who made the decision, backed it, and then made their life what they wanted to make it, Mm. you know, so it's not just for other people who might be pregnant. A lot of my speaking up about it is, you know, healing for my younger self. Mm -hmm. And and so why do you think it's important that we have access to safe and accessible abortions? Because it's healthcare. Plain and simple, it's healthcare. Mm. And the, the interesting thing is, We are so desensitized as a society to policing and regulating and putting bans on things when it comes to women, non-binary folk, transgender folk. You know, it it is so normalized that we're not even coming at a position of, okay, we're pitching this crazy thing. We're coming at it from a position of defending your right to bodily autonomy, defending your right to access something safe and, you know, that's healthcare yeah. in essence. Um, you said earlier that you had some negative reactions when you posted your mm. story and your article. Yeah. Um, what about positive things? Have, has anyone reached out to you? Have you, you know, what's the... Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think for every negative comment, there are 50 positive ones. Mm. Really, like it's, it's so skewed in that way because I think people in general are progressing. Yeah. And I know that a lot of my audience um, tend to be open-minded and they, they are progressive in that way and they do consider 
other perspectives respectfully. Like one of the, the beautiful things, it's obviously there are people who reach out and they share their own stories and they finally feel validated and comfortable to share theirs or they feel seen and represented and like they see themselves in my story. You know, it, it's that solidarity thing, right? But I think one of the most beautiful messages I had ever received was from a person who described themselves as a really devout Catholic and they said, look, I'm, you know, really, this is what I am, this is what I practice, this is what I believe, but I would never want to impose that or force that on someone else. So where abortion isn't right for me, I would never want to take that away from somebody else. That to me is beautiful mm. because it's honoring a person's right to choice, that your life is your life and I don't get to tell you what to do with it just because of my faith. Yeah. You know, so there have been messages like that where I've had differences of opinions, but people think differently and they respect others, which is what it's about. It's just respect, respect people as individuals who can make choices for themselves. And then just really beautiful messages from some, you know, men as well mm-hmm. who, who say that, you know, they've been through it too and they don't know how to speak about it, but they want to speak about it now, seeing it being talked about so openly. Yeah. And I think that's a beautiful thing too because it needs to not just come from people who fall pregnant. It needs to come from everybody. And I feel like it needs to be a conversation that's not just a negative conversation. Having an abortion is a safe and, you know, a, a right that everyone deserves. Yeah. Oh, and for me, it absolutely is not a negative conversation. Like I said, I was 21 and I was terrified and I felt very alone and isolated, but I knew in my gut it was the right thing. And in doing it, my life has been so incredible because I have had freedom. I was able to go back to uni. I finished a second degree. I started working in corporate, but because they didn't have a baby, I was able to choose to try something crazy like Miss Universe and then build this media career where I get to speak about the stuff that I really care about, whether it's TV or columns or social media. And ultimately it just came down to choice. It was like, you know what? I matter. My life matters. My choices matter. It, It absolutely was a beautiful thing. I felt relief after. I do wish I had a little bit more support and more resources to turn to and and some counselling, but I'm also okay with the fact that I didn't because it's given me that fire to do it for, like I said, my younger self and other people. Yeah. I think it has changed a lot though in New South Wales and other states around the country. I think it's now been decriminalised and there are a lot more Mm. uh, services and, you know, and resources that people can get that, you know, a year ago or two years ago, people people couldn't access, yeah. which is, you know, a, a, yeah. a great change and a, a great step to moving forward. Yeah, I think so. And, and I'm really looking forward to, to continuing to move forward. What's happened in America, it can feel distant and we can sort of turn a blind eye to it, but it, it still affects us because, you know, there is that quote and it, it, it's so long as other people are affected by this issue, that means that everybody is affected by it. Because Absolutely. It is an attack on human rights. Mm-hmm. And the thing is we've got people in positions of power in this country who are campaigning against the right to access a safe um, abortion. Mm. There are anti-abortion activists in governments. (laughs) Like it's still an issue here and there still is that risk where, you know, and and even though it is not criminalised here, it is very difficult and it's not as easily accessible as it should be. And again, who's affected most? marginalized communities. Yeah. So it's still an issue that we need to be speaking on and, and championing change for. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time and for sharing your story. Thank you so much for having me, my friend. Honestly, I think the more we have these conversations and I love that. And honestly, I know we laughed about the McDonald's Coke, but can I just say 
how <laughs> at 21, I never would have imagined I'd just be sitting here sipping a Coke, having a chat with you, talking about it so openly. I think it's testimony to how much, I know for me, personal growth I've had eradicating a lot of that shame and stigma. Amazing. And I want it to be something that people can just talk about over a cup of tea and be like, you know what, that was my experience too. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's how we have solidarity. I, so. I think the same thing, like any anything, not to, you know, diminish what you just said, but I, I feel the same way with um, sex and sexuality. It's like if you can yeah. be open and honest and authentic to yourself, that goes a lot further than, you know, standing oh, on yeah. a soapbox with some stats, you know, that cliche thing of who you, you can't be, who you can't see type of thing. Yeah. Um, thank yeah. you so much. It's, it's been, it's been lovely to hear your story and thank you for sharing it. Thank you, my friend. Love what you do. i Bloody love talking about sex. Can talk about it till the cows come home. Well, so, be careful what I you wish for because you, you might be coming back <laughs> on. <laughs> yeah, well, look, let's be honest. I got stories for days, uh, my friend. Okay, well, <laughs> I, I can't wait to hear all of them. <laughs> well, that's another episode of Talking Frank done and dusted. Thank you for listening. And thank you to Talissa and Maria for sharing their stories. It's a tough topic to talk about and don't forget that it's always your choice about what you do if you have an unplanned pregnancy. Now, if you want more information, you can go to frank.org.au, give the Family Planning Australia talk line a buzz, or I've popped some extra information about pregnancy options and contraceptions in the show notes below. To be frank, though, I think you should stop this podcast and go and suss out the best contraception options that work for you. Hey, Rue.